You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. Hello, everybody. I hope you are doing okay in the COVID-19 quarantine that's happening. We wanted to check in again about how everyone is doing and bring to you a resource that you could tap into should you need to. So today we've got Levi Gershkowitz with us, who's the founder and CEO of Living in the Light and has started a new initiative that we are happily learning about today called I Stay Home for Rare. How are you today, Levi? All things considered, I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you for inviting me on today. I've listened to your podcast in, in the past, and so it, I, was, I was surprised and delighted uh, when you reached out. So I'm doing well. Thank you. Glad, all things considered, that you are doing okay. Staying in the house, I hope, right? Well, in the house and, and in the garden, but I live in Western Massachusetts, so it's a, I still got to wait a few, a few days or a few weeks before I can really start planting. So most of my sprouts are, are indoors. It is the season of gardening. We're just starting our garden plans, too, here in Washington. So Levi, can you share with us how you started out in the rare disease space and kind of what your connection to this community is? Sure, absolutely. I, I started like many, young and not by choice. I, I grew up in just in a suburb of Boston and my mom was the executive director of a national patient advocacy organization and was on the board of NORD, the National Organization of Rare Disorders. So I used to go and attend what I call mom's conference. <laughs> um, and there I would meet kids my own age who were affected or unaffected siblings, families living with different conditions, um, mostly Tay-Sachs and several other diseases. So I learned from a really early age about uh, the impacts of life-limiting and rare inherited disorders. And that's what I would say initially oriented me and, and educated me and never knew that I would, of course, create Living in the Light. But some of the tasks that I had at those conferences were photographing, moving boxes, like up t-shirts, and working with, I guess we would say, the unaffected siblings. But as we all know, everybody in the family is affected in, in some way. And that very much is and has become the underpinning of, of the work that I do today. So influenced by, by my mom's own patient advocacy. And though I don't have anyone in my immediate family with a rare disease at this point, I am friend, friend of and close family to hundreds and hundreds. And it is Every day is, is rare disease day for, for me, like it is for many families. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's been in my, in my purview since I was a child. And you mentioned living in the light. Can you tell us a little bit about how that started and what your mission is with that? Absolutely. So living in the light 
in, in the fewest words, I would say living in the light is shifting the focus from patient to person. It is the slogan of the work that we do, but as a portrait photographer and as somebody who literally sees people, I recognized early on how important it, it is for us to see people as people um, and to acknowledge that somebody who is living with a rare disease or has a child living with a rare disease likely doesn't, if you were to ask them to um, put their attributes, you know, maybe their top five or top 10 attributes on a list, they likely wouldn't um, use the word patient as, as any of those. Um, and as you started to meet people who were rare, right, quote, rare disease patients, to find that we're all human and that that shared humanity is something that really deserves to be acknowledged. And that as it came to meet people who were living with life-limiting conditions or had loved ones with life-limiting conditions, I started to realize that people who are in a deeper connection to their mortality or the mortality of their child brings a certain type of reverence and appreciation for life and a certain type of resilience and wisdom. So living in the light was literally started to, to tell those stories, um, both visually through portrait photography and through writing stories and, and narratives, uh, sharing the details of, of people's lives. The narrative that you just said, it was like, oh. I know, it was beautiful. People would not use the word patient to describe their attributes, very accurate. Yeah, and, and, nor, and nor should they be, because um, we, we, I think Pat Furlong from Parent, the Parent Project, uh, Muscular Dystrophy, said, we are impatient patients, and we need to be. And so there's something about the urgency that I recognize in, in families and individuals' experiences with rare disease that's very unifying, that we can't sit by and be patient and be patient. We need to be people on the front lines advocating for um, our needs. And so on behalf of myself and our team, we are a team of seven people at Living in the Light. We're, we view ourselves very much so as advocates and allies to, to people and recognize what needs to be done uh, and that we're, we're very action oriented. Thank you for your work in that. Yes. That's, that's awesome. That's one of those moments where you're just like, yes. I also liked that you referenced that uh, we're a resilient crew because that's something Maddie and I, it's been a theme of what Maddie and I have talked about throughout this podcast is are there ways to build resiliency? How can we restore our resiliency? So the fact that that is recognized is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And being a photographer myself, I get the point of storytelling from photos. So all things Levi, yeah. <laughs> More clapping. Yes. All right, so we're all what my kids are calling in lockdown, but staying home is in this community for something very important mm -hmm. and someone very important. Um, you have recently started a new initiative. Can you share with us about I Stay Home for Rare and just kind of let's talk all the way through that and kind of learn more on it? Absolutely. I Stay Home for Rare is, is both a, is a campaign started, initiated by Living in the Light, and it's also a fund. So um, it, it launched on the 7th of April. 
So we're actually at the time of this podcast, just still in our first week of the campaign. And it, I mean, the, the behind the scenes, you know, the story is, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that can relate to this. I was, I couldn't sleep at night. I, you know, going back a week and a half ago as um, the COVID-19 pandemic was not only spreading internationally, but then coming to the United States and affecting people throughout this country and New York specifically right now and having many loved ones in the city, near the city. It's just been like eating away at me. And, um, you know, we just talked about living in the light. I recognized immediately that as a small business, um, all of our projects needed to pretty much be put on pause. We cannot safely travel to and meet families at this time. And so there are a lot of things that are scary and disheartening in that, knowing that the things that um, my team and I are normally committed to are, I wouldn't say no longer relevant. In fact, I think storytelling and advocacy is needed more now than ever, but not possible by the same means. And so after about two nights of really just not sleeping, I woke up, or I we all know, you're like, all right, I'm putting on the light, <laughs> I'm turning on my phone, or I'm opening a book, like you've just been sitting in bed for hours. So I turned on the light and I started writing. And I wrote the concept for a campaign called I Stay Home For. I will say at this time, I was not yet aware that Kevin Bacon had started the I Stay Home For campaign. Uh, so I was a little disappointed when I found out that he had, but hopefully Kevin, if you're out there, please um, get in touch with us. We'd love to to work with you and, and, and anybody in this in initiative. So I Stay Home For quickly became I Stay Home For Rare in solidarity with people and families who are specifically staying home to care for their loved ones, their children, themselves, or, or a friend or family member who has a rare disease, who is severely immunocompromised, who has a life-limiting condition, disability, something that places them at specifically high risk now. And now, as, as you know, and I'm sure many of, of your listeners know, that's not new. Mm -hmm. the, the protocols around hygiene, travel, um, immunocompromised conditions, infection is not new. However, the widespread nature of this pandemic is new, and it is something that poses greater risk to people in the categories that we just spoke of. So I thought that, one, this was a time to hear the stories of, of people and how they how their resiliency is actually um, a resource right now, how families that and, and individuals that on the daily have to take high precaution, maybe not going to large gatherings or are very careful around using public transportation. I mean, we can we can give more examples, but that that they would have something to share with with the general public about how to navigate this time. So that's where my mind was thinking. But as we all know, and probably even since we record this and when people hear it in and, and, and the coming days, this is changing daily. So as my thoughts, again, um, were being influenced by, by the news and the widespread nature of, of the pandemic, I thought, well, it's not actually enough to just tell stories. We need to act. 
And we need emergency relief funds available for families that have immediate financial needs. So that's really where, where it's come from. Um, and I'm happy to, to talk more and, and, and answer any, any questions about that. So I stay home for rare.org is the website that people can get more information on. Should someone want to access this emergency relief fund, is it open to anybody in the rare disease space? How does it work? How would they go about navigating that? Yes, to learn more information, I, I really encourage anybody and, and everybody who, who is able um, to visit istayhomeforrare.org. There is information there pertaining to the application process. Currently, um, we are accepting applications and four days into the campaign, um, we have raised just under $40,000. So we have funds immediately available to families now. We are sponsoring grants, we're calling them grants, in the amount of $500 to $2,500 per family slash household. So somebody applying for the family is doing so for the entire family or household. And if that enrollment period changes or ends, that's gonna be due to the ratio of applicants and funds raised. But right now it, it's open. Um, and if that changes, that will be updated on the website. There is a, a thorough yet simple application period, uh, application online. So you essentially would click on the giving tab and go to apply if you're looking to apply for funds. And now in, in terms of the question of who qualifies, this is open to all members of the rare disease community, essentially caregivers, family members, and individual people living with rare diseases. This is also a disease agnostic campaign. And what I, I mean by that or our intention there is we are supporting all people with rare diseases in the collective pursuit, knowing that a success for one is a success for many, that the changes that we need to see on the legislative level um, that we advocate for, the changes we need to see in terms of um, you know, regulations governing clinical trials, making um, more treatments available and, and drug access available through trials, as well as experimental or recently approved drugs, things like that. Whenever there is a, a success for one individual or one family, we at Living in the Light view that as a, as a success for the rare disease community. So it is very important that this be disease agnostic. So if you or a loved one are living with a rare disease, we really encourage you to, to apply. I, I do want to make a distinction there as well, which is the other aspects of the campaign. One is to share your story. So we are asking that people via the, the website, they can share photos or video with us and that uh, they're also giving consent for us to, to share that via our social media platforms um, to let people know how they're spending their time at home or for folks that want to actually tell a little bit of the story or just name the person that they're staying home for or in solidarity with. So if you are someone who is not living with a rare disease, is not the caregiver of somebody in that situation, but you learn about and you're in solidarity with this community, this is an opportunity for you to take a stand and say, I stay home for rare and let us know who you're staying home for. It's just amazing and I'm so excited because I love how 
inclusive it is, that it's people that are living with a rare disease, caregivers, those who just love and know somebody in the community all get to be a part of it. And just how much unity it shows all over, I think is fantastic and beautiful. So there are different ways that people can get involved. You've touched on them, but specifically there's three, four call to actions you've got, uh, Levi. You talked about spreading the word, right? Like sharing your story, but further, if folks want to share this broadly to get the word out there, how can they go, go about doing that? Thank you. Um, well, we, in, in, in line with creating a campaign, I was thinking about how rapidly the COVID-19 virus is, is spreading. And we thought, well, why don't we also spread something beautiful and good at the same time? Let's see how quickly we can spread love and support amidst the spread of COVID-19. So uh, we have created a, I can kind of go through the line of things that we recommend if you're hearing this and you want to jump on board. If you're a Facebook user, we're asking people to update the frame of their profile with our campaign frame, which reads hashtag I stay home for rare. Who do you stay home for? That frame is available um, by searching with space I stay home for rare. Um, you can also find me, Levi Gershkowitz, on Facebook and, or anybody else with the frame. Many of us have the link um, posted in our profile pictures. Um, we're asking individuals specifically on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram to use the hashtag I stay home for rare and include information uh, or sorry, include your story, include your photos, include anything that you want to, to share with us and with the broader rare disease community about who you stay home for, who you're honoring. We're already thinking about a lot of families who may very well have, have lost a loved one to rare disease, and they may be staying home for, for the, in honor of the memory of that person. So looking at that and, and honoring that as well. You can, you can get involved by applying if you are um, a family or individual in need. You can get involved by contributing. This is, is started by um, a group, right? But started by our group Living in the Light. We're seven people. Um, we are small but mighty. So to begin this initiative, um, independent of creating the, the campaign and launching the website and managing it, we pledged the first $10,800 to could create the momentum that we believe this deserves. And so we are asking for people to contribute any amount that they deem small but mighty. So your small but mighty is $5 or $10. For some, a small but mighty contribution may be 1000 For uh, a corporate sponsor, you know, a company, a member of industry, their small but mighty contribution may be $50,000. And so we're, we are looking for um, support in, in any amount. And the um, kind of the, the barometer for this, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's, if that's the right term, but the, uh, we are asking people to, as you learn about this campaign, to truly ask how you can get involved. So we're asking to do any or all, to apply if you're in need of funds, to tell your story both through the platform of IStayHomeForRare.org or social media and to contribute or to contribute. And so to ask yourself, can I afford 
can make a contribution to this campaign, even if that's $25, even if that's $100. And if the answer is no, or if there's some trepidation, say, well, I'm really not sure actually how we're going to pay rent this, this uh, month or meet the mortgage, or we need to go grocery shopping tomorrow and my income's really low right now. That means apply. Mm -hmm. This is actually not a time for, well, someone else needs it more than I do. Actually, we are all in great need right now. And some of us are, are able to give and some really need to receive. And so um, there is no shame in receiving during this time. I think we're all, many of us are seeking um, emergency funds, but I, I do wanna bring special attention to those who are living in the United States who are undocumented, who do not, or are not green card holders, who may be here with their, their children for a uh, clinical trial, who do not qualify for stimulus checks, who do not have regular income. Um, these families especially qualify. So this is really open for all. Not only is this campaign non-discriminatory, um, but we very much look to help people who struggle from any form of systemic racism, systemic ableism. We acknowledge that the United States especially, but actually globally, um, is very much run by governments and systems and powers that be that do not create equal opportunity for people who are disabled, for people with, with black and brown skin, people who are not um, documented or so again, this is something that we encourage all people in, in need to apply for. So we will link all of the social media that you can look for. I stay home for rare in the description. You will be able to look for the website, istayhomeforrare.org. And we really encourage you guys to see how you can be involved. Look at those different options that Levi's described and whether it's you need to be involved in um, receive help or can share your story, uh, please take the time to uh, be part of this initiative and spread the word. They've made it a turnkey situation so that you can get involved if it's giving or receiving or sharing. And, and I will say too, for, for, for people that um, work for companies, um, those of us who are fortunate to have jobs during this time, please reach out to folks you work with, be them supervisors or heads of companies. We are really encouraging folks to think about uh, matching grant situations and happy to be in touch with anyone that would like to sponsor in any way. And I, I know we, we may talk a little bit longer, but I, I can't continue without saying that, expressing immense gratitude for, for my team. Um, I have a very talented team of writers, photographers, graphic designers, and, and folks that work in video. And if it, if it were not for them and the mobilization of yet a small but mighty team, um, we wouldn't be able to, to offer this. I think I am often um, very much the, the idea guy. <laughs> the, you know, I kind of have my, my hands at the helm, but in terms of what actually moves things from, from one point to another, gets things off the ground, and, and runs, uh, you know, what's working under the hood is, is always is always the living in the light team. So I have uh, a lot of appreciation and gratitude for them. And I can probably say collectively that we as rare disease advocates 
um, feel grateful and indebted to the rare disease community, to, you know, families like each of yours, because it, it is your, it, it is your lives that, that create a need that, that call upon us to act. So we really are in this together and, and we, we encourage people to reach out to us with, with their ideas, their questions, and at this time, specifically their needs. We are in it together. So Megan and Maddie, um, one, I want I really do want to thank you for inviting me on to, to the podcast today. And I just wanted to ask each of you who it is you are staying home for um, and anything that you want to share that maybe you've learned or been challenged by or surprised by during this time of quarantine. I am staying home for my son, Matthew, who has SEPN1, congenital muscular dystrophy. And I am also staying home for my dear friend's son, who also, James, who also has a rare disorder. And I'm staying home for my daughter, Lily, who also has SEPN1, congenital muscular dystrophy, like Maddie's son. Uh, she is pretty respiratory compromised, so keeping her at home enables us to hopefully not allow germs in that could compromise her system and her ability to stay well. Uh, I've been surprised by the actions that we've been taking all along in raising her. Um, seem new to some folks now, <laughs> the hand hygiene part, right? Or if at a restaurant before uh, social distancing kicked in, if at a restaurant people started wiping thing, their table down, well, we did that every day of our lives, right? Like putting systems and uh, processes into place so that we can protect our loved one has been every day for us since we realized something was going on with her. And so now it is kind of sweeping the nation, sweeping the world, I'll be curious to see what happens when we come out of all of this and if there are new habits in place for folks uh, that might make it a safer place for Lily and other people with rare disease to be in. Thank you, Levi, for joining us. We hope to hear from all of you listening and all of you following on social media. Who do you stay home for? Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned. Because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great, Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of CureCMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.